Welcome to Discover Barnstable, the official podcast of the town of Barnstable, a podcast where you can meet the people who steward the programs and services for the town of Barnstable that connects us to our quality of life. We invite you to join the conversation as we navigate municipal government and our community pathways to help you discover Barnstable. I'm Paula Hersey, and today I'm joined with our guests, School Resource Sergeant Jean Desro and Officer Dennis Stample, as we explore this week's topic of discussion. How do school resource officers protect and build community in our schools? Sergeant Jean Desro started his law enforcement career in 2003 as a summer special police officer with the Orleans Police Department. He was hired full-time by the Barnstable Police Department in 2004. He is currently assigned as the supervisor of the school resource unit, working out of the Barnstable High School. In addition to his duties as the SOR supervisor, he is the Centerville Elementary School's Adoptive School Officer, RAD Kids Instructor, Health and Safety Officer, Designated Infections Disease Control Officer, Motorcycle Officer, Mountain Bike Officer, and BPD Liaison to the Barnstable Youth Commission. He has a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from Curry College, as well as a bachelor's degree in marketing from Nichols College. He is scheduled to complete his master's degree in criminal justice from Anna Marie College this summer. He is a native of Cape Cod and is happily married with two incredible teenage kids. Patrol Officer Dennis Stample is currently assigned as the school resource officer for Barnstable High School. Dennis began his law enforcement career in 1997 when he joined the Barnstable County Sheriff's Office, achieving the role of sergeant. He worked as a reserve police officer for the town of Chatham for two years. He joined the Barnstable Police Department in 2009. He is a member of the CCIT, Community Crisis Intervention Training Team, which specializes in providing training for officers involving mental health and child development issues. He is a member of the Barnstable Police Department Motorcycle Unit and Cape Cod Regional Motor Unit. He was the Adopt-A-School Officer for Barnstable Intermediate School for seven years. He is an ALICE instructor for the district. He is currently a trainer for the Barnstable Police Department in various roles and has worked as the Cruiser Officer for the department. He is married to Melissa, who is a teacher at Barnstable Intermediate School and is a proud father of two daughters. Officer Stample is committed to making a difference throughout the community. He is a coach for Barnstable High School football and youth programs throughout the town. Well, goodness gracious, those were... You're making um, me blush. <laughs> Welcome, Officer Stample and Jean Desrol. You guys uh, really have probably one of the most fun jobs, I think, uh, dealing with our youth here in Barnstable. So we'll get started and, and maybe bring some insight to our residents to what the school resource office officer program is. Let's start with you, De um, Dennis. Barnstable Police Department is a premier leader in school-based policing and a progressive and forward-thinking organization that recognizes the important role in keeping the schools safe and while establishing positive relationships throughout the school community. Tell our listeners how the program started and how you build positive relationships with students, staff, and parents of the school district. I'll actually throw that one to you, Gino. Sure, yeah. First of all, thanks for having us and giving us the opportunity to share what we do. Um, 
we really appreciate being here. So uh, the SRU, SRO unit uh, sort of started in 1997 with uh, Officer Ralph Cahoon, Jerry Dowling, and Joe Carnes. Uh, started off as an adopt-a-school program where it was full-time police officers assigned to the schools throughout the, the, uh, the district. And uh, that evolved in 1999 when Joe Carnes was placed in the Barnesville High School as a full-time SRO. So it was an officer that was oh. designated full-time to the, the high school. Um, Joe Carnes was there till about 2005 when Reed Hall took over. Right. And then after Reed Hall took over, uh, Officer Stanfield took over. And then uh, I came in there in about 2019. Um, in about 2005 or so, um, Jimmy Dunn took over a full-time responsibility SRO job at BIS. So we all, in 2005, we had both the high school and BIS covered. Wow. Um, after that, it was Jen Ellis um, yep. who took over. And then BUES uh, hired uh, Joe Carnes in what, 2018? Wow. So in 2018, we evolved into three full-time uh, SROs in the middle school, the high school, and then the... Uh, Fourth and fifth fourth grade, Fourth and fifth right, grade right. building, yeah. yeah. Um, in that time also, there was uh, the adopt-a-school program kind of evolved as well. Um, they were kind of separated. There wasn't, they weren't really working too closely together formally. Right. They, also, they obviously worked together, but it wasn't as formal as it is now and structured as it is now. So there have been adopt-a-schools since, uh, like I said, two, uh, 1997, um, which continues to today. So every school, every public school in the district has a, uh, an officer assigned as a liaison to that, uh, to that school. Um, I came in in 2019 as a supervisor. Okay. And um, I've got to tell you, like you said, it's a fun job. It's the greatest job. Dennis and I tell everyone that we, we speak to about this job that we have the best job in the police department. And right. I can say that in all honesty. It really is a great job. We probably, uh, I've worked as hard I have never worked as hard in my career as I do now. Right. It really is. Um, it's a lot of work, but it's an honor to be able to be in that position and be able to work with kids and staff and all that. So, And now here we are today. We have, uh, unfortunately, we did lose the office of the full-time officer over at BUES right. uh, during the pandemic when Joe Carnes retired in 2000. Um, our fingers are crossed that we can get that position back. Right. Um, but we did cover that with, a, with an adopt-a-school officer, so they do have a liaison over there in Evan Houseman. Um, mm. But every other elementary school has a dedicated um, adopt-a-school officer, and then me, Dennis, and, and now Dave Downs are covering the middle school and the high school. That's amazing. I did not realize how long this program has mm. been in existence, um, probably even before people thought about school resource officers. Barnstable was leading the way. That's fantastic. What a, what a, what a great history of that as mm. well. Um, Let's explain a little bit, because you, you didn't touch on him, but he's there, is the Adopt-A-School program, what that actually is, and then the importance of having Officer Morrison at the Hyannis Youth and Community Center. Dennis, can you speak to that a little bit? You've been an Adopt-A-School program officer. You're now stationed in there as a school resource officer at the high school. You've worked closely, I'm sure, with Officer Brian Morrison over the years. Give us a, an, a, an understanding of what an adopt-a-school officer does. So an adopt-a-school officer, they became like the liaison with the particular school. I was the adopt-a-school officer for Barnstable Intermediate School for little, probably about seven years. Um, and I would go in once or twice a week. I'd have lunch with the kids. Um, I'd go into the classrooms, just introduce myself. I'd try to build a relationship with the kids. Um, 
by playing games. They had some fundraiser where they were whoever raised the most money could pour slime on me. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, just just try to build that connection with the kids. And then um, if there's any problems in the school, could call call me during the day or in, at night, and I'd help them, you know, whatever they needed to be done. So Sure. And by stationing um, uh, Officer Morrison at the Hyannis Youth and Community Center, what does that provide our youth in the community? Um, there, uh, his present, his, his actual office is in that building. How does that help our youth and, and our, our community? Um, and, and how do you build community in that particular position? Uh, I'll answer that. Um, so Brian is our full community resource officer. And uh, one of our biggest uh, benefits as SROs is our accessibility to students, to the youth, to the families. And by putting Brian over in the HYCC, um, he's accessible. He's, he's very accessible there. He has an open door policy where people can come in and see him anytime. He works 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. So he covers a little bit of later hours than we do at okay. the schools. And, um, you know, there's a lot of programs, obviously, over at HYCC through the rec department mm -hmm. and also alternative school pro uh, programs that go over there during the day. So Brian's there as, as a resource to all those people. And he, he's also trained just like any SRO, full-time SRO. And let me, let me backtrack to the uh, adopt-a-school, too. They're all trained at the same level that Dennis and Dave and I are, are trained as full-time SROs, okay. even though they're not full-time SROs. They still mm -hmm. maintain the same kind of certifications and training that we do, so they're very... Uh, capable of doing the job, even though it's a part-time assignment. Um, Brian is, is also uh, fully trained as well. Um, he's an adoptive school officer over at Hyannis uh, West, too. So he's in the schools, not only at HYCC, but he also goes over to the schools. But back to right. HYCC. So we have all the, uh, the programs there, and he's pretty much there as a resource to anybody who may need him. Also right. security for HYCC during the sporting events. Right. Um, you know, all... Whatever events happen at HYCC. Uh, Brian also runs a, a summer youth academy. So he has two sessions um, for, I believe, 10 weeks uh, on Wednesdays where he brings in two different age groups of kids. And he shows them what we do as police officers. So, you know, one of our philosophies in this unit is we want to be a first, you know, we want to have a child to have a first uh, interaction with a police officer to be a positive one, right? right. So if Brian's academy with seven and eight and nine-year-old kids is their first interaction with a police officer in a positive setting, that's a win for us, right? That's how we're going to get support for the for officers out on the streets as well. Um, and Brian's an integral part of that through that academy uh, program he runs. He also does a shop with a cop. He does the, um, the uh, Toys for Tots, um, Back to School, Stuff a Cruiser. He does so many community service projects um, that just <clears throat> kind of bridges the gap between um, the community and the police department. And yeah. he does a tremendous job in that. He does um, a boot camp, too. He works with troubled youth over the summer um, uh, at the boot camp with the sheriff's youth, uh, uh, sheriff's department. Right. So, he, <laughs> I mean, the list is forever. He's done over 100 drive-bys during the pandemic for anniversaries and birthdays. So right. um, lots of people know Brian. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm sure they know what he does, but he does so much more than they, can, than they actually know. He's, he's incredible. Right. Yeah, um, I always, I think probably one of my most favorite days is Kids Day mm -hmm. when Brian brings in the two groups of kids that are graduating yep. out of his police academy and you see the little seven-year-old with the, <laughs> I'm going to do the best I can. And he, it, 
I think, you know, a lot of the school officer resource program, um, you touched upon this, is to introduce our youngest residents to our police force in a positive way mm-hmm. that they know that they can count on you if they get into trouble, if they need some help, that they can call on right. you and understand what your job is when you're out there in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you also talked a lot about training how much training that's gone into some of these. And every school resource officer is a sworn police officer certified by the Massachusetts Police Training Committee and has completed all basic law enforcement training. And we're just horrible at this in the uh, town. We have more acronyms than you could possibly Mm -hmm. imagine, but the NASRO, Basic School Resource Officer Course, are there other school resource officer specific trainings that you engage in on a regular basis or specific interagency policies that you're working with? Um, I know, Dennis, you've done a lot with Alice training and maybe explain that particular training to folks. I think parents have heard a little bit about it, but not necessarily some of our residents who don't have kids in the schools anymore. Well, the, the Alice training is uh, it's a company that came up with an acronym, you know, speaking of an acronym. Right. And it stands for Alert, Lockdown, Inform, Counter, and Evacuate. So basically, it's not just for schools, it's businesses and and places of worship that we we train. And basically what to do if there's some type of active shooter. So we just give them the training so they can protect themselves and save lives if they need to be. So, and God forbid there is something that goes on. Right. And you do a lot with training. Give us a sense of what that kind of looks like on an annual basis. So I will say as being in a full-time SRO, like it it never stops. The training never stops. Like like I, Thursday, have a all day training um, with the... Children's Cove, you know, yeah. and the, the following week we have uh, one with, I don't even remember now. I have to keep it in my schedule because there's a right. lot of them. But there's just a, like, it's consistent training. And, and I think the more training we get, the better officers we become and mm. the more knowledge we have and stuff like that. So right. it's just, we go twice a year up to uh, Norwood uh, with the Mass Juveniles Police Officers Association Conference. And there's about to breakout sessions. We learn a bunch there. Plus they hold a, uh, and the Mass Juveniles Police Officer Association holds a uh, like our mandatory training every year up there. So okay, it's just consistently training with them. All right, and that training, um, you know, because there's a lot of it. How does that fit into your schedules? If you're, do, do you guys have to like split? One guy goes and then brings that back. So you train the trainer and bring back some of that, or is everybody scheduled for that day up in Norwood? How does that all that work? So with like the Alice, we became instructors for Alice. Okay. So we're, we're, we train people on Alice. As far as like the general knowledge of like the updates and stuff, we'll go either it's a lot of it, you know, with the pandemic, Zoom is like, you know, uh, <laughs> we do Zoom things all the time right. and we do in person now. So it's just, okay. it's just consistent. But we don't like train the trainers. There's pretty much the Alice what we do, or the he does the rad uh, rad kids and stuff like that. Okay, what's the rad kids? Another so acronym. I have no idea what it is. Rad kids is a project that we're starting to uh, really, really work on and focus on. Um, what it is? It's a it's a education for young kids on how to defend themselves against um, bullying, against an attack, against huh. them. Uh, just to kind of be aware of their surroundings. Teach them to uh, protect themselves. 
Okay. And it's, uh, it's, it's age-based, right? So at different levels of the training um, is age-appropriate to who we're training. Mm-hmm. And um, we went through that training, Brian Morrison and I, uh, a few years ago. We want to go through that training once again when we, we want to try to establish a, a program at the HYCC. Right. It's, in, it's in progress. We'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully we can get that going in the next year or two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, it's on the horizon. It's interesting to see the amount of um, effort and dedication to this particular division of the department. Um, you know, the the patrol officers and the detectives and some of the other folks, time, time, they get the headlines, right? Mm-hmm. But the day-to-day work with youth is so important to this community. Um, I know that, you know, parents are, are really um, grateful that, you know, Barnstable leads the way here, right? Mm-hmm. We have had this program um, in our schools for, what, over 20 years mm-hmm. from the dates that you've yeah. given us this morning. Um, so let's talk a little bit now, perhaps one of the most often asked questions or listeners might have, how do you keep schools safe? Are there specific trainings, drills, crime prevention techniques? You mentioned bullying and some of the other trainings that you're doing. I think on everybody's mind as as we, you know, come into this full 21st century is that the world's a scary place sometimes and schools have always been that safer place that we, the kids could be at. So mm-hmm. Give us a sense yeah. of what what might be going on that you're um, kind of can give parents in our, our community that that peace of mind. Sure. So uh, first <laughs> and foremost is our presence in the schools. Right. Sure. Our, our presence allows us to make relationships and build trust amongst those kids. Right. So if they right. come in crisis, or have an issue with something, they feel comfortable enough to, with Dennis or I to come and report something. Right? right. If they have information that there's a threat to the school. If there's something in the school that shouldn't be there, right. Dennis and I, in our presence alone, working with these kids day in and day out, will allow them to come to us with that information so we can intervene, right? right. So that's the first thing. Um, like I said, I, like Brian has the open door policy at the HYCC. Dennis and I have the same thing at the high school. Right. Kids come in and go in and out of our office all day long, okay. right? And they might just be say hi or get a juice box from one of us or a snack, or it's to tell us that, hey, just a heads up, there might be something going down today. In fact. We had an incident today where, where information was given to Dennis and we were able to avert, avert uh, you know, an argument or whatever it might sure. have been. Um, and that's kind of where the foundation of safety in the schools on our, on our part. Also, you know, with the Alice training, the drills that we do, we train the students, we train the staff, we go through drills to make sure that they're, um, they're comfortable in, in, in their responses to uh, active right. in, intruders, um, active assailants, I should say. Right. Um, what else, Dennis? We have the but, Say I mean, Something uh, application, which right. is an anonymous reporting tip line. A Say Something. Yep. Talk a, just a little bit about that. that. I think that's important in the high school piece of it. Yeah, it's only implemented into the high school uh, right. just because of the age, um, ages sure. of the kids. And it's an anonymous tip line. They can go on their phone. They can download an app. They can go on a computer. And they can put pretty much anything they they want into the tip line. Okay. And it goes to... Uh, uh, Sergeant DeRusso and I and the administrative staff at the high school and the superintendent and so forth. And then we'll filter that out. And, you know, sometimes there's something serious. Sometimes there's, you know, nonsense, but it's, it's right. pretty good. Um, it, it had great success in the past where 
we've had students with mental health issues where we're able to intervene and, and help them with that. So. Right. That's something that we haven't really talked about is the mental health um, aspect of this is to look at the development problems and things that might become um, challenges, you know, <laughs> We all remember high school. It's not always uh, great for your mental health. It isn't always uh, one of those uh, uh, well-loved memories mm. that we have throughout there. Talk a little bit about how, how kids reach out if they have some of those challenges with you. Again, it's building that positive relationship. Being inside right. the school is probably the most important thing. You know, having them see you, having them build that trust and that rapport, whether it's just a fist bump in the hallway, or, hey, how you doing? You know, having that open door policy uh, mm. and following it up with them, you know, because like I always try to remember one thing about somebody when we have a conversation and whether it's it's their cat's name is, you know, microphone or whatever it might be, <laughs> or their dog's name is Bruin like mine, right. you know, I'll remember that one thing. So when I know two weeks, three weeks later, I bump into them, oh, how's Powers brewing, and then then you could see them smile, and they could see, them, oh my God, he actually cares about me. Yeah. So that's what I I always try to do, and, you know. And I'll have them come in and just listen, you know. And and sometimes you you they talk in a whole different language sometimes to me, and then sometimes we'll break it down and stuff like that. So it's just building that rapport and understanding what they're going through and giving them confidence in themselves, giving them positive you know, feedback and stuff like that and, and letting them know. And then they are having a mental health crisis, you know, between right. myself and Gino, where there's school adjustment counselors in the school and we'll call the parents. We'll talk to the parents. We've, I've set up therapists in the past, you know, to help the, the students with, with this right. Bay Cove, which is a service down here on the Cape and stuff like that. So, yeah, you guys are, I mean, it's in the title of your job. You're a resource Absolutely. for the youth in our community, mm -hmm. as well as their parents. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Any yeah. last kind of things you want folks to know about the school resource program and how it works in the town of Barnstable? Well, I'll tell you one program we're really excited to start working on is um, a comfort dog program in the unit. <gasps> um, we do have one at the high school right now um, that an associate principal um, mm -hmm. handles. We're looking to, uh, to get our own in our unit where we could... Um, use them to break down barriers and situations where kids may need some comfort, um, you know, crisis situations to calm, calm situations down. Sure. Um, whatever a comfort dog could be used for, we want to have that ability. And we're starting to look at um, getting that program underway as well. So that's one of the things we're very, really very excited cool. about. That's really cool. That's some fun news. And you heard it here, folks, yeah. right here on right Barstable <laughs> Podcast is, uh, you know, there's a comfort dog program coming to our high school soon. Um, and then that dog would probably, be, I know how much our drug dog, um, Vani, um, yeah. loves the kids um, yeah. out there. She's probably the star of Kids Day. <laughs> um, but having uh, uh, that comfort animal um, mm. in the schools is what a wonderful idea. Mm. Anything last from you? I just, I'm very fortunate, you know, it took me uh, a long time to get to this point, but I definitely have the best job inside the school, um, inside the department. Love working with the kids every day. You know, the, they make my life um, so much more pleasurable and, and seeing success, whether it's a kid in need, whether they need clothes and we'll go out and get them clothes or they need food, we'll go to help them get a food, you know, because not every kid has everything in this world, so... Yeah. Um, and we never know what's behind their closed doors until they open up. So that's the best part is protecting them and letting them know that we're there for them. So. 
That's fantastic. So now it's time for rapid fire questions. Okay, I've been studying all day for and, this and one. Gino, you said you oh. were going to go, so I'm going to go on this one. Is uh, What's your favorite time of the day? It's got to be evenings. Evenings, excellent. Yep. All right. What was your first concert? 1985, uh, July 4th, the... Uh, it was the Beach Boys at um, Otis Air Force Base, me and my mom. Ooh, hey, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, and your favorite place in Barnstable? Sandy Neck, <laughs> hands down. Hands down, right? Yeah. Okay, rapid fire for you. Yeah. Favorite time of the day, Dennis? 4.30 in the morning, getting up to get ready for work. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's fantastic. House is quiet, right? House is, yeah, <laughs> extremely eerie, eerily quiet. So. All right. And what was your first concert? Defem December 4th, 1984, U2. Ooh, good one. Mm -hmm. Nice. Worcester, whatever, Worcester Ooh. Civic Center back then or whatever it was. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and where is your favorite place of birth? My, my home with my wife and two daughters and my <laughs> dog. Oh. Fantastic. Wonderful. Well, thanks for spending time with us and listening to Discover Barnstable, the official podcast of the town of Barnstable. We hope you found a new understanding of how your municipal government works to protect, engage, and enact for you and our community. Be sure to drop us a line at podcast at town.barnstable.ma.us and let us know what you would like to learn next. Till next time, go discover Barnstable.